Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Terry Lin here, Travis Marziani. Today, we're going to talk about the 30-day challenge that we both set for ourselves starting today, which is October 15th as of this recording. Um, and yeah, here we go. Travis, what's going on? So before we get into the 30-day challenge, I've got two other updates. Um, one of them is I've talked a lot about the catalog. I don't remember if on the last episode I talked about it, but I finally have the physical catalog in my hand and it's really cool. There's still some errors. This is version 1.0. I got to get version 1.1 uh, fixing awesome because I didn't know what I was doing. I just completely guessed and I made a bunch of PDF files and I merged them together. And I did a bunch of wonky stuff, had no idea what I was doing. Turned out some of my margins were a little off. I mean, it's usable, but there, there were some errors. So anyways, I'm fixing that up and I'm really excited to get version 1.1. The other quick update I wanted to give is the retreat. So last weekend I did the e-commerce retreat and it was with a bunch of e-commerce entrepreneurs, like friends of mine that I know in the LA, Southern California area. We went to San Diego I and it was a blast. It was me and five other people. And I think I'm going to try to do something like this every three months. And I think the next one, I might open it up to one or two people. So if you're listening and that sounds like something you'd love to do, basically rent an Airbnb for the weekend with some other e-commerce related entrepreneurs, definitely send me an email, Travis at buildmyonlinestore.com and I'll give you more information about that. But that's what's been up with me. So what did you guys talk about at the retreat? Just kind of like random stuff or any specific like issues or like mastermind stuff? So it was really, it was really random. And since it was the first one, I kind of wanted it, it to be that way. Um, it's been a while, like since I've had to pull up my phone and take notes and I, I took a lot of notes. Like I wrote down a lot of different random things. Like people just said, you know, little things that would spark ideas, but it was really unstructured on purpose. So we could all just kind of talk and see where it went. I think the next time I do it, I'd like to have definitely those unstructured times, but maybe Saturday afternoon, we have like a four hour, um, you know, by the pool type, like going around the circle, talking about what our problems are and like really trying to solve things together. And when I say four hours, like, I mean, in a fun way, like, you know, we could be sipping some cocktails and just like having some good conversations, but it was all over the board. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So for me, uh, Kickstarter updates. So, uh, I was looking at my backer database cause I had to get everyone's addresses and then uh, basically, I did the math. So putting all the orders on a boat to the U.S. now versus shipping them myself from Vietnam, paying higher postage is actually more expensive. So I'm actually going to just do it out of my living room uh, for these first 100 orders, probably in like the next two weeks. Because what happens is that I did the math. So like, say you go on the boat, it takes like a month or so to get out the port to L.A., off the port into a warehouse, and then to be onboarded to a fulfillment center. I was like, all right, that's kind of dumb. I can just mail it myself here. And it's actually cheaper to do that as of right now. Because what happens is that on like a boat shipment, unless you have like a few thousand units to average down the cost, it actually doesn't really make that much sense, I guess. So it uh, kind of just keeps things simpler and it keeps my cost structure a lot lower uh, for the time being too. So yeah, it's kind of an update for me. So in, in this uh, episode, I'm gonna have a lot of questions for you because uh, I'm starting. So my th actually, so for everyone listening, my 30 day challenge is going to be to start a business in 30 working days, not actually 30 consecutive days, but my plan is for the, the rest of the year to work on this one day a week and then maybe in the new year, two days a week. So it's almost, it's kind of like a side hustle. But anyways, after 30 cumulative days, I would like to not only have a Kickstarter campaign started and running, but also have my website 
live. I mean, I might wait until the Kickstarter is done before I actually let people be able to purchase from it. So I guess moral of the whole story is I'm going to be starting a whole new business and Terry just got done doing this. So Terry, I'm going to ask you all kinds of questions in this episode. All right, cool. So let's just get started then because the second part of my 30 day challenge is about the Kickstarter and kind of going off on a content plan uh, through video blogging, but we'll go with you first. So uh, let's get started then. So what's the idea that you have? Yeah. Okay. So I'm still kind of going to keep some of the details a little secret uh, for a few different reasons. Since I am doing the vlog and giving away like step by step. Oh yeah. So for everybody listening, I'm going to be vlogging and doing every day that I work on this, I'm going to do a recap video at the end talking about exactly what I did. So for day one, by the time you're hearing this, I will have a video live at the Effective E-Commerce YouTube channel. Hopefully, Terry, I'll give you the link. If you could link it up, that'd be great. Um, but basically, I'll walk through what I did. So for me, for day one, it was a lot of research. I I did, one of the things, big things I did was created like three different customer avatars. So I've like got CrossFit Chris, Biohacking Brett, and Paleo, I got Pete, I don't know, I didn't come up with the name for him, so Paleo Pete. But before we get into this, uh, it's, you wanna talk about what industry your new store is gonna be in? At least give someone an idea. Yeah, yeah, let me give, I'll, I'll give a lot of context, I'm just gonna leave out, leave out the last little detail. Um, it is, it's in, it's geared towards kind of the biohacking paleo type community. It's like a health, it's like a food um, item, something geared towards them. And it's different from what's on the market. There's similar, there's things that are kind of similar, but nothing that's directly targeting these people. And actually, if anybody's listening has works in the health food space or knows someone that's good at production, I know nothing about production and that's going to be the big problem for me. So if you work in the food space in general, please shoot me an email, Travis at buildmyonlinestore.com. I'd love to talk with you. Maybe I can help give you some advice for your e-commerce store. But yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. So yeah. So I guess if any listeners know, like either food packers, things like that, uh, something along those lines, that's the kind of people he's looking for. Yeah. And I mean, I would potentially, if someone's knowledgeable enough in this space, I would potentially even partner up with someone. But I mean, they'd have to be, uh, I'd have to be pretty impressed with that. But so my, this is what my first day is. And then I'm going to kind of ask you, Terry, because I'm curious, like what your first day is when you come up with a new idea. So I, I did a lot of different research. I try to do some competitor research, see what else is on there. I are out there, I should say, I looked at, I built those, I built those three avatars. And while I was doing that, I actually used Facebook audience insights, which is way more powerful than I remember it being. And I looked up, all right, people that like CrossFit, what else do they like? And I'm like, oh, well they like, you know, this random brand of clothing I've never heard of before. They like this, they like that. And then I started, you know, digging deeper and trying to figure out what kind of things that my different my different avatars have in common, what makes them different, what kind of messages speak to them. And it, it was just really eye opening. And one of the things I learned actually was a lot. Of, if you look at people that like CrossFit and people that like paleo diet, it's like 80% women, 20% men. And part of that might just be because women are more likely to like things on Facebook. Because I mean, in, in, the wor- in the real world, it seems like I meet personally, more paleo guys. But that, once again, could be my own bias. So one of the things that came out of this first day is I was going to skew this very to a male demographic, but I think I might keep it a little bit more neutral than I initially thought it would be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it could just be like, you know, getting a sample out there and testing it, going to your CrossFit box and just giving out to free for people. 
because uh, I guess audience insights could tell you stuff, but like, will people actually enjoy something because it's a food thing? Like, it's kind of a big variable, too, right? Because like, because like the product is so dependent on someone's taste and actually seeing it. Two words, like kind of like I guess like for a blanket, it's it's like oh, you kind of know what a blanket does, and there's not much variance across different blankets, more or less, but different than like the feel, the fabric, things like that too. So. Since and you're 100 percent right, I'm hoping taste isn't. With the demographic I'm going after, I'm hoping taste is a little bit more secondary and then and how healthy it is, how nutrient packed is a little bit more important. But we're all human. Like I'm I'm weird. All if someone says this is really healthy and it tastes just awful, I'll still eat it. But most people will not or they won't reorder it at least. Yeah. Well, I feel like that demographic definitely is willing to sacrifice taste. I mean, I remember that one time you were at my house. So the guy is Travis visited me like I think a year ago and I come down in the morning like 10 a.m. He's like sitting on my couch and he's just munching like a raw broccoli. I'm like, dude, that's disgusting. I was like, yeah, but it's good. <laughs> no, and not only is it good for you, it grows on you, though. That's one of the things I realized with like healthy eating is now my sweet potatoes and chicken breast. I love it. And like other people like that's so boring. I'm like, no, man, like it's it's the best. So I, I know we're going all over the place. So I, that's a little bit of what I'm doing. And I'm going to go into way more detail on my first day once again in the vlog. And also for anyone else that's been wanting to start a, an e-commerce business but hasn't, watch the vlog video. I have details. I'm actually going to be picking a lot of random people to help them. Um, cause I kind of want some other people that are starting a business at the same time. I want to help them out. So for details on how to get my help with that for free, you can watch that vlog video, but Terry. Yeah. So I uh, started. So, so I guess let's go back to the topic. And so one thing you mentioned you wanted to ask was that, uh, when I started this out, what went on in my head? So I guess really early on, I was like, is this something I really want to do? Kind of like the overarching question instead of before I even got into the product. Cause it was like, Cause like back then, like the wallet store wasn't in that wall. I was kind of like over it. I was like, all right, do I really want to get into something that maybe six months, a month from now, I'm not sure if I still want to do it. And I was like, all right, look, I already I've been volunteering for a year. It's kind of along something I do personally on the side. So it was a lot more comfortable than to get into a new product that I didn't really care that much about. So that was kind of like the first question I asked myself. But what, so let's even go back farther. The, the laptop sleeve, like I think sometimes you can learn more from someone's failures than you can from their successes. That was an extension of back when I still did the wallets. I was like, all right, since I'm already kind of in leather, why don't I make a higher price point product that's within the same space, uh, kind of with, along the same lines too, essentially. And then, and then the whole thing was that was that, well, then laptop is actually a different product, right? Because the use for a laptop and carrying it is actually really different than the use case of a wallet where you're just carrying your money and cards, uh, essentially too. Okay. Okay. So maybe I will ask more about the, the blankets. So you had this idea. I mean, was it kind of a gradual process or was there like a day when you're like, all right, I'm going to actually start taking this. I mean, I guess even for my idea, it was kind of a gradual process, but this was the first day I put my foot down and said, I'm going to dedicate a day to figuring this out. Like, did you have that? Well, I think a lot of these ideas start out as ideas you have. Oh, it sounds cool. Maybe I might try. And then you start Googling stuff and then you research it. And so what I did was I was like, all right, cool. Like if I want to work something within like the animal space, you know, what's something I can do? So I said, all right, cool. Maybe the buy one, give a model, but then what do you do? Right. So I started looking at items that, Hey, top 10 items to donate to shelters, top, whatever most items shelters need. And then it was like, either like cleaning supplies, food, uh, litter, uh, you know, comfort items, blankets on them. And then I was like living in Vietnam. I was like, all right, so what's something that you can produce here? in that list that also makes sense too, right? Cause you don't want to make something, you know, like a, you know, 3d printed 
cat litter box when you live somewhere else that doesn't have a, even have a 3D printer. It just doesn't make any sense. So like it was kind of like looking at what's actually needed in the market and what kind of expertise you have locally uh, within that you can kind of combine those two together too. And then once I had those two together, I was like, all right, cool. Let me email some shelters. Be like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about this idea. Uh, would you guys like to receive some blankets, you know, if I move forward with this? And, and probably 10 of them were like, yes, that'd be awesome. So, and then after I was like, all right, cool. Let me let's start looking into this then and actually figuring out how this can happen. Okay. So let's say someone has an idea. Um, let's keep it, you know, whatever. I, I guess the idea doesn't really matter. They already know that it's something people would want or actually, maybe I should even back up farther. They have an idea, like what would you say if they're ready to take that first step, like what is that first day look like, uh, if that makes any sense? Yeah, so for me, the quickest thing, obviously, is to get someone to buy it, right? But when you don't have a product, it's kind of hard to do. So then I was like, all right, how can I get someone to at least sign up for an email list and test the offer that it's something they'll be willing to exchange an email for? But even then, an email doesn't guarantee means, it doesn't even mean they'll buy something. It's just kind of like an indication that, hey, they're interested enough to learn more about it. And that's kind of what I did. So I basically, I just did like an Instagram to like a free giveaway thing often and then just kind of pumped the bot traffic off that on Instagram to collect emails. Okay, so just, I guess, I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but walk me through it again. The Instagram, you, you'd use Instagram. Once people uh, follow you on Instagram, this was also the private, you did the private Instagram for this? Yeah, so basically there was, uh, I converted the uh, Bottle Leather Instagram account to Forever Home Blankets, and then it was targeting people that liked animal rescues or shelters. And then basically I would just repost photos. And then every time someone clicks on my bio link, it would go to the giveaway page and then uh, they would enter the email in for a chance to win. And I would email them like once a month on some updates basically. And you got, uh, how many email signups did you get again? Uh, 600, which actually isn't that much, but it was enough to kind of just get started. So I, I was getting around 10 per day ish eight to ten per day somewhere along that average um from march to june basically so i mean there's probably better ways like you could probably throw like paid traffic at it if you have more money but i just want to do it quick purely um just kind of on a low budget because i didn't want to like blow money on something that you know if it was going to work like i might as well take the time do it slowly than to just throw 2g at it and then you know who knows what's going to happen after right if of all the things you did for the Kickstarter, was that the most like effective or like, what would you say the 80, 20 is? Yeah. Cause like uh, one thing I realized with Kickstarter is that if you don't bring your own traffic there, like they're not going to give you traffic that you don't just launch a project and then expect people to just knock on your door. It just, you, you'll probably get crickets. Right. So, um, usually you have to get your email. So I had like a two week countdown, one week countdown, and then a three day countdown email blast that kept going out. Let me ask you this too. I mean, cause you know a little bit more details about what I'm doing. What do you think a, a reasonable like Kickstarter goal is? I mean, is it $2,000 or should I try to go? Like I'd love to, I mean my real, what I really need to raise for to be happy would be 10,000, but I feel like that might be, you know, high. I mean, it's a double edged sword cause if you do too low and you hit your goal, like everyone's like, all right, cool. You hit your goal. Like, you know, but then it's like if you hit it too high and like, you know, we, you know, halfway through, you're only like at 20%, like you're like, oh no, it's not going to work. So uh, I guess like look at your, you have to start making some samples first, right? Know what your cost structure is from a food perspective, whether it's packaging, all that stuff. And then you can be like, all right, what do I need? Like, what are you comfortable making on your own versus going to a co-packer that'll do it for you? 
and at what scale, and then you can work on your campaign goal from there. Because maybe 10K, you know, who knows if that's really what you need, if it's more or less, right? So Yeah, I, I mean, I've done some back-of-the-envelope type math, and I think maybe maybe 8,000 or, I mean, 10,000 would be like where I know that this is 100% worth doing, but I look at other campaigns, and, you know, 30 days isn't a lot of time um, to be able to create that kind of buzz. i Part of me does want to like drag it out and make this, into, but then I'm like, that defeats the whole purpose, not only of the challenge that I'm giving myself, but like I'm trying to do more of like a lean startup methodology, like just put something out there, iterate and go, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to like how you share, how your idea gets shared too. And like the way it's packaged, like is it some, you know, I don't like the, I don't like this word, but like viral video that you know gets people laughing or something like that. Like some of those stuff, it's like you know, it's hard to control. How to like craft too, but it's also hard to control. And like I think a lot of it comes down to like your packaging of the whole marketing campaign and everything too. So, so another question for you on your Instagram account: Would you post pictures occasionally, or was it very few pictures? Yeah, it was posting three times a day. So basically, I. Uh, you can use a app called 4K Instagram, and basically it's kind of like a account scraper for other accounts, and then it saves their images to your folder, and then you can use um, Grum.co to schedule posts, and then you just tag people in the original credit, and then kind of, it's like, you're just kind of like a reposter, essentially, but you should also, I found like, um, you know, you also need to have photos of your own products, otherwise you're like, why are you having posting this stuff too. So like, you know, getting your own photography is kind of key too, especially when it comes to food stuff, right? So how early on did you start getting, I mean, cause that's one of the issues I'm running into is I don't even know where to get sam like co-packers, where to get samples, um, or like how to get the packaging, any of that kind of stuff. So how early on did you actually have a physical sample? Uh, I had a physical sample in April. So, so what I did was I asked the supplier to give me existing stock that they already had whether it was from another customer or whatever, just to see what they were capable of making. And I was like, all right, cool. Can we make this, at, you know, it's this size, but a different color and how much would this cost? And then, cause I think like if you're going to start from scratch, um, either you design it yourself to get an idea and then you bring it to a supplier or you have something that they already have and then you modify it. Uh, cause if you're just going to ask them to like, Hey, make this from scratch, usually you'll need to go through a few iterations. Whereas if you have something to work off of, whether it's your own design or, their existing design, it kind of makes it a lot smoother because there's actually something concrete to fix and work off of. Right, that's interesting. Okay, and yeah. I, I guess- so I guess for, for yeah. you, like if you're gonna do your thing, just try to make it on your own first and then see how that goes and test it with some people. And then you can go to a co-pack and say, hey, you know, here's the, you know, the way I did it, here's the way I wanna do it, and here's what's kind of worked already. And then, you know, rather than going to them with some new idea and trying to get them to make it too. Yeah. And the, you know, the other thing, so I, I, cause I've been having a lot of anxiety around like just in the last and today about trying to find a co-packer and trying to find, you know, all this different stuff. But I realized I can actually package this myself if I need to. Like that's how a lot of like food businesses seem to start on Shark Tank. Like they just do it in their own kitchen. Yeah. I mean, I would, I think it, that's actually illegal to do. Um, yeah. Cause there's the health concerns like E. coli or whatever, like bacteria you might have at home. And, yeah. But I think you can, you can still rent a uh, facility. So like I was telling you right before, I just bought a, a bunch of, I bought some stuff that I need to be able to make my product at home, which I'm excited for. I forgot that I'm still keeping it a secret for, for at least the next few months. Yeah, exactly. Then you don't have the overhead of buying all this equipment that you may or may not need down the line too. So 
I don't know. It's been crazy. So if you don't mind, like I'd like to share with you like what my 30 days look like. I don't have stuff for every 30 day, um, all, all 30 of the days, but just like a probably about half of them are filled up. And I'm curious to see like what things I'm leaving out. So, okay. So one of the things I had scheduled for today, create the 30 day plan, which I did personas slash avatars, which I did. Um, I had some other stuff. I didn't make my first batch. I was going to make the first batch today. And I, I contacted a few manufacturers, but I quickly realized that's probably putting the cart before the horse. Like I should do it myself first. Yep. Cause then they're going to be like, well, what do you have so far? And probably a lot of people get hit them up with ideas like, oh, I want to make something. It's going to be so big. And then at least if you have a sample of what you want to do and what you know ingredients you've already worked with, like for them, they're like, all right, this guy's already has some skin in the game. He's not just a tire kicker with an idea after watching Shark Tank or The Profit or whatever. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing is I can, for the product photography, I, I don't even have to have my products in there. I can ask for like a sample. I can, you know, just get the packaging and fill it up with whatever random nonsense. doesn't matter. Um, yeah. And it's just like a sticker basically you put on a can. So it's not like exactly, you can just buy like a cans online and then just print out the sticker, go to some Kinko's and just make something really quick too. So, well, it won't be in a can, but I'll, I'll discuss that with yeah. you. Afterwards. I mean, like a glass jar or whatever you end up, but it won't doing. be, it won't be in that either, but I'll talk about that afterwards with you. Yeah. You know, actually I'm looking at this and my plans already changed, but I have start I'm hoping not, maybe not next week's probably not realistic just because I don't even think I'll have the supplies yet, but maybe the week after that going in and actually for next week, I just have getting lunch with a few different of my friends who kind of know the space better than I do, the production space and the food space. And then after that, actually creating some test samples, going into jujitsu gyms, going into CrossFit places, and I might even actually join one. So it's not just some weird guy trying to peddle his food you know, type thing and, and trying to get feedback. I mean, you might also, you might also want to start meeting with some gym owners just to get them ready to this stuff. Like, hey, I'm going to come by in a couple of weeks with some samples. Can I try it at your place too? Like before it's even ready, just start oiling that machine up. Too. I mean, how would you even recommend? I mean, I just go there and say, Hey, uh, Hey, I have this idea. I want to try this, you know, kind of here are the, you know, health benefits I'm trying to do. Can I just bring some over to your gym, you know, after a training day and have, you know, 10 people try it out just to see what they think. I wonder if it's better if I just have it in the car anyways and say, hey, um, you know, would you mind if I do that like right then rather than being like, yo, in a week I'm going to do this. Yeah, you should always arrange ahead because it'll be weird if someone just shows up with food too, I think. So I'm planning early next year. I'm, I'm actually trying to figure out what the best time would be to start reaching out to podcasts, to blogs, um, a bunch of stuff like that so I can start getting some press. I think my launch date's going to be right around mid-April. Just... Uh, to push it out a little while. I don't know. So that's the big things I've got. The other thing I think I'm going to try to do is really promote this whole 30 day challenge. And and the goal is since I think entrepreneurs would also be interested in my end product, I might be able to get people to watch the 30 days. And then by the end of the 30 days that hopefully they'd feel vested and they'd want to actually go purchase the product. So I think it might be, and even if they don't end up purchasing the product, I'm trying to grow the YouTube channel anyway. So it's a, it's a win-win. Yeah, but I think the effort is probably still better on focusing on the actual customer of this thing. Because I feel like I, th I feel like like it's cool to have some side angle to it, but it's not like the main customer that's going to grow this business after thirty days too. It's kind of my thoughts. If that makes sense. Yeah, I I, I mean I want to promote this anyways. Yeah. It's like um, it's like if I would rather go to thirty jujitsu gyms or thirty podcasts, I'd go with thirty jujitsu gyms. Well, okay, so I mean, but thirty health podcasts, like thirty. 
CrossFit or 30. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. But but if you're doing like entrepreneur podcasts, I probably wouldn't really give a crap about those these days, honestly. Because what happens is I think these days that space is really crowded and less and less people are tuning in to like, because really like, even like this show, we're competing with Tim Ferriss, Jocko too in some ways because people can choose to listen to only one show every time. So I feel like, I don't know, I'm just really down on entrepreneur podcasts this year, basically. But maybe that's just me because I'm... You're in, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. So, I mean, the, oh, the other thing I have is starting next week, I think I'm going to start working on the Instagram. So it sounds like I should do, let me ask you this too. Should I do something in the health food space or should I do an Instagram more geared towards biohacking or CrossFit or do all of them? Like what's the best way? Cause I mean, I'm kind of wondering what, why not do one in health food, one in CrossFit, one in biohacking and one towards paleo people. And then I get like, four times the signups or is that yeah so, so, so that's what a lot of guys on black hat world do they'll do like men's shoes men's dress shirts men bow ties but it's all under the same guy and he has different niche accounts and then if you use a bot for each account that's kind of like a quicker way to scale but in the end it's like there's no focus i guess as a brand so i don't know i mean i would look at like what other you, you're looking at audience insights right look at what other people are posting and then see what engagement rates are getting if it's over three percent it's really good if it's under two it's you know, not that good, essentially. So you want to look at so look at the other health food or whatever paleo CrossFit accounts, and then see which ones are getting like you know three plus percent engagement, ideally five or more, and then just kind of see what they're doing and kind of take inspiration from there. Okay. Because um, then, because then when you use the bots to kind of help you boost it, then it's, you're boosting something that's good, not just some random stuff that has no engagement, anyways, right? Like it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a garbage in, garbage out type of thing. Interesting. Okay. So maybe I'll, I'll do the one, well, I'll figure it out basically. Um, but the one that you did, was it, it was for forever home blankets. Like you didn't have like a, like you're starting to build up your own yeah. Instagram. Yeah. So basically okay. that was targeting people that have liked or commented on other animal rescue slash shelter slash, uh, you know, those famous cats or dogs accounts basically. Cause then they're like, all right, if they already engage on these accounts, and I'm about kind of the same space too. Like those are ideally people I want to target also. And most of them are probably women, like 80% of it too. So probably more like 90, 90% actually. So if you're, it's actually, if you're a woman, you might want to look on Pinterest too. Um, just as a side thing. I just haven't been able to figure it out yet. Uh, and how far so. ahead of time would you say to start the, the, the thunderclap thing? Uh, good. I don't think I did a thunderclap this time actually. I, didn't, I actually didn't do it now that I remember. Um, but was it worth doing or do I not even should not even waste my time? Uh, I think when I did it with the laptop case, it wasn't targeted at the right customers. It was just my friends and no one really cared about it. So, um, you know, if you can get enough, a big enough follower, like on your email list and then get them to sign up, it might be a lot better than just getting friends and family, I think too, unless the, all of them are paleo people in your market, which I'm not sure too. So yeah, that's a good question. Okay. Um, yeah, so but like the Instagram stuff you can set up in like, you know, two or three days, get a landing page up. Just get a MailChimp and get people to start signing up right away too. So, but the thing is, then it's like your landing page. Like you're gonna have to have one or two photos, at least some kind of, you know, thing to show people it's real in some way. Otherwise, if it's just text, it's kind of like, oh, like how am I gonna believe you? Right. And all this stuff. So does that mean start? I okay. So maybe get a sample logo. Uh, something I need to remember. Yeah. Or, or just get some stock photo of someone eating, like a food thing. Oh, okay. Bringing back the anxiety. I just don't. Yeah, because actually, that's actually what I did too. I found two stock photos of a woman in a blanket. 
that didn't look like mine. And then I use that as like, oh, hey, you know, sign up for the mailing list and here's how, you know, you can enter for a chance to win. Yeah, I might end up having to, uh, I'm realizing how hard it is to keep the secret of what it is. I might have to give it up in the next few weeks, but uh, for now I'm going to keep it. Yeah, because it's kind of weird if we talk about it and we're referring to it, but everyone else that's listening right now is like, oh, what are these guys talking about? Right. But I think in the, I think, well, I I don't think, well, this is the only episode we'll really do that in the future. I might give a little hints, but nothing big. So, all right. Anyways. So is there anything you see that I'm, I'm really missing from there that like I haven't thought about? Uh, No, I think that's it. I think just kind of get, move quicker on the sample and getting it, getting feedback on that. Cause like whether you do the Kickstarter in April or earlier, like, you know, that ball has to start rolling as soon as you can. Right. And I'm, I guess the other thing that I don't, I haven't thought about is, I don't have to ship this right away. Like, so I don't even necessarily have to worry about co-packers until April. So basically you just want to test the demand, get as much demand as you can. And then, cause like, cause I did my Kickstarter in what, June? I'm not shipping until December. So, I mean, you, you, just, you just have to set the right expectations uh, on that too, right? And then the worst case, if you can't figure it out, you just return people's money. Like that's the absolute worst case, right? So it's not like, it's like, it's like, it's like the big thing is like, all right, getting demand and getting people to, be on board and kind of, you know, build the buzz for that. Right. I mean, I guess the only big hurdle I see, which probably it can't be that hard is getting something, um, for the videos. Cause I, I want to have like, you know, working models for the videos, um, of my product, but, Oh, actually the other thing that I'd like to do, but I guess I don't even need to do this. I'd like to get samples made so I can send them out to podcasters and bloggers and all that kind of stuff so they can review it. I would need a co-packer for that then, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know much about food production, but if you could do it in-house somehow and then FedEx it to them or something, or the more you add a food packer in early, the more layers you add to it, to the complexity of the whole thing. Uh, and for them, like, you know, if you're just on the idea stage, sampling stage, and you're not ready for production, because say you do your Kickstarter, it takes you a month to get the money, and then you have to move all that stuff. Like, you're going to talk to them now, but you're not going to produce until June next year. They'll be like, well... You know, why should I waste time on this when I can just do a talk to this guy next year when he's more ready? It's kind of my thoughts too, so. Interesting. All right, a lot of layers. So I think uh, the conclusion I came to is I probably don't even need to worry about co-packing at least until early next year. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I would figure out just how, how to make it yourself first, get these samples out, give it to friends first, see if they come back and ask for more. That'd probably be a good thing I'd look out for. It's like if you just give away, you know, a hundred packs of free samples you made and if 10 people come back asking them if they can get more like you're on a good start i mean i guess part of me is trying to balance too with believing in my idea and knowing that it will work versus like testing because i do i mean i did the basic math if i only had 10 customers a day on my profit margins that'd be 200 dollars a day basically if i if i scale it to the point and i'm like it's not hard there's at least that means 300 a month. And since it is kind of a repeat purchase item, there's 300 people in the United States that would love my product without a doubt. I mean, obviously reaching them will be hard. So it's like, even if I give it to my friends and they're like, yeah, that's okay, but not that big, you know, not that great. Cause I mean, I know if my friends gave me something, I'd be like, oh cool, thanks. But I don't know if I'd ask for more, even if I would pay for it, you know, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, I think these things like you just like one, you won't know how it goes until you actually do it. And then two, you just have to be patient with a lot of these things too. Uh, a lot of, cause I guess like when you started to be a dancer, like your mom already had a lot of expertise, what people wanted and all that stuff. Whereas like, this is like completely new uh, for you too. So it's kind of like, you're kind of like driving blind in some ways, but then you gotta like, 
you know, pay attention to what's going on around you and kind of just improvise and adjust uh, as you go too. So, but that's, that's kind of what makes it fun, right? Like you don't really know what you're doing, but you know, it's better than sitting at a desk somewhere in the office hating your life. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, if I could, if I could get someone to do the, all the production, I enjoy the marketing. Like I've in the, in this last 24 hours of doing research for this, I've come up with like a hundred different ways I can market this. And I'm like really pumped about that. But the problem is can't market it until I have a product. Well, kind of. Yeah, exactly. And also like the production side of stuff, most of these days is not the hard part now. It's like getting people's attention and all that stuff too. I, I guess it's just unknown. It's not so much that it's hard. It's just, I don't know how to do it. Like, you know a lot more about production than I do. And like, to me, it's like marketing's easy. Like if someone just handed me this and like got my idea out of my head into a product, I could easily do this. But anyways, that's my plan. Right, so we're a little bit about what, 30 minutes in? I think I'll save my 30 day challenge for next time because we don't want to drag on for another hour or two. So how about I just end it at that? That's fine with me. Yeah. Alrighty. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we'll catch up with you guys next week. And one more thing for me. Uh, if you're looking to do store audits for your own store for marketing next year, um, have a few slots open for that. Uh, let me know. Terry at buildmyonlinestore.com. We can do your on-site SEO email. Uh, basically audit everything so that if you want to do some marketing plans for next year, later in the year, uh, you can get up and running. So cool. And we'll catch you guys next time. All right. Catch you guys later.